It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey everyone, Locked On Raptors is the podcast. I'm Vivek Jacob, your host, filling in for Sean Woodley. Again, uh, he's away for the next little while, and so I'll take care of everything that's Raptors related, whether it be Summer League, whether it's off the court with all this Kawhi stuff that's going on right now. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Vivek M. Jacob. You can find all the Locked On Raptors episodes on LockedOnRaptors.com. Check out any of the other 29 NBA teams as well as part of the Locked On Network. And you can even find uh, your favorite podcast about your favorite NFL teams or MLB teams. So be sure to do that. Let's get into it. Last time we left uh, Summer League for the back end of the show, but I want to get it off the top today. Congrats to Nick Nurse on his first win of the summer. Uh, Raptors, as you might know, Raptors finished 0-3 during the round robin stage. Didn't really matter since all 30 teams make it to the knockout stage. Um, All it meant was that the Raptors finished with the 29th seed and had to face the 4th seeded Denver Nuggets. Um... The Nuggets started out the game really hot, 13-4 lead early. Um, It was kind of looking the same old for Nick Nurse's team. Um, But from then on, you have to say, uh, from what I saw, um, the defensive intensity really seemed to pick up. Uh, Chris Boucher came into the game, and he deserves a ton of credit. Uh, He finished the game with 12 points, 6 rebounds, 6 blocks, made a couple of threes as well, Um, but he was just really active on both ends uh so much of the summer league is about getting the process right doing the little things making an impression um and coming into this i thought boucher may not have offered too much offensively um but it looks like he's just trying to be an active body um maybe not getting all of the schemes down but playing with energy playing with heart and 
that's pretty much the best you can do if you don't understand all of the schemes and you know uh, you look at uh, what he's capable of as a player uh, potentially in the NBA you know contesting at the rim uh, he's pretty mobile so he's able to run the lane when he gets the opportunity shoots threes in rhythm um, made some nice dives to the rim as well and uh, listening back to Nick Nurse's comments about him I thought he made an interesting point that actually reveal some important things about uh, Nurse as a coach. Uh, so I'll read the quote. Um, thank you to Blake Murphy for asking the question uh, that got the quote. So here it is. I'd never seen him in my life until seven days ago. The funny thing is he's young, right? And he doesn't understand some of the things that we're doing, some of what uh, I just mentioned. So as coach, sometimes as coach, you're thinking, oh, he doesn't really understand what we're doing. But then he gets in the game and decides, I'm just going to play my butt off and run hard and do some things. And that's more important. But it's hard to see that as a coach sometimes. And he also went on a bit further. He, he said, you know, sometimes as a coach, you fall into uh, stuff by accident that actually works. And he touched on, you know, the Fred uh, Van Vliet and DeLon Wright combination not really being something uh, they considered till preseason where they're like, hey, let's just try it out, see what it looks like. And then obviously um, we all know what that turned into. Well, one of the best bench units in the league. Um, so, you know, sometimes you need that bit of luck. And, you know, a nice moment for Boucher. Uh, uh, he, he's from Montreal. Uh, Nurse said at the, at the end of the game when he got subbed out, he had a real big... Uh, smile on his face so that's uh, nice to hear as well um, but the thing that uh, appeals to me about nurse from those comments is that that shows a self sense of you know self-awareness where he's sort of saying hey okay you know maybe this guy isn't necessarily doing the things that I want him to do but he is giving me some of the things that maybe not everyone else is giving and that's you know heart and hustle and uh just playing playing his butt off and you know sometimes there has to be a bit of that leeway where you say hey okay um maybe he's not doing certain things that you want but he's giving you other things that no one else is and um you know maybe in some ways that speaks to why he has such a good relationship with Jonas Valanciunas no matter what moves you made last year turbo tax experts make them count did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And so, yeah, just a little thing. Um, obviously, you can't read too much in the Summer League, but uh, stuff like that I can tell you a little bit about a guy's mindset. And so I really liked hearing that from him. Um, and look forward to more of that sort of open mindset going forward. Um, back to the game. Once the Raptors made that run back, um, it was fairly even from the first quarter on. Raptors did have some sloppy possessions, which led to 
unforced turnovers. Uh, Malik Beasley probably took most advantage of it for the Nuggets. Um, I think he had something like five dunks in this game alone, like pretty much on the fast break, finished with 19 for the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that's something the Raptors sort of have to cut into. But you expect that with someone like, like Nurse said, some of these guys have just spent a week together. So there's going to be that unfamiliarity that sort of carries over onto the court. Um, so get into the fourth quarter. Uh, probably the best stretch of basketball, summer basketball, that the Raptors have played. Uh, Nuggets led 59-58 at one point, and the Raptors went on a 21-3 run. Uh, OG, um, Giddy Potts, and Chris Boucher had 19 of those 21 points. Uh but more than anything, the defense was so active, super aggressive, um, and then closing out possessions with the rebounds as well. Who, um, when, when they weren't allowing shots to get up, they were creating deflections, getting out in transition. Uh, led to a couple of nice alley oops, one for OG, with the other for Chris Boucher as well. Um, so just a really fun stretch to watch. And then by then, the game was sort of in the bag. Uh, the lineup that was on the court at the time, Cody Miller, McIntyre was at the point. And then you had Giddy Potts, Raw Alkins, OG at the four, uh, Chris Boucher at the five. So a really active sort of mobile lineup. And one of the themes of this summer league has been OG looking better at the power forward spot uh, than he has at small forward at the three. Um, you can sort of see why uh, with the NBA being the way it is today, you look at his strength to... to cope with bigger guys at that position as well as his agility um being able to get out on the break shoot threes just being smart um with cuts um high iq guy you can see why he's able to make that work maybe a little bit better another reason i think it helps him is because of um his still essentially mediocre game off the bounce he's got a long way to go as a playmaker so when he's at the four i think it just allows that much more ball handling and playmaking on the court that he doesn't really have to be concerned with it. And so I think that just allows the game to come a bit easier to him. Obviously, you expect those two aspects of his game to improve with time. He's too smart for them not to. It's just that he isn't there yet right now. So it just helps him. Um, nonetheless, big time game for him. 22 points in 27 minutes. 9 of 17 shooting. And then, you know... Solid contributions from Siobhan Thompson. Uh, Miller McIntyre finished with 11 assists. Giddy Potts and uh, Alfonso McKinney finished with 24 off the bench. So that was huge too. Um, Giddy Potts' outside shooting has been uh, a real blessing for this team and obviously helps uh, with the way Nick Nurse wants to play and the way they get up their threes. Uh, so the Raptors move on uh, to the next round where they will play... Uh, the Charlotte Hornets on Saturday night, and a win there would take them into the quarterfinals against either uh, the Cavs or the Rockets. So um, you can look forward to that. Um, some weekend ball action. Um, but besides that, let's move on to the other big Raptors-related story, um, picking up even more steam this afternoon. Um, that's the possibility of Kawhi Leonard coming to Toronto. So, last night's odds had him pretty much just as likely to remain a Spur as he was to become a Raptor. Uh, so, essentially, outside of being a Spur, uh, if, the Ra if the Spurs were to decide to trade him, he was looking most likely to become a Raptor as per those odds. Uh, and now, this afternoon, um, 
Odd Shark placed him as uh, uh, the Raptors being uh, the most likely team that he will play for next season. Um, outside of betting trends influencing these numbers, uh, there's basically two main reasons why this has sort of even become a thing in the first place. So Tim, Tim Bontemps of the Washington Post, he was the first to throw the idea up in the air, you know, saying that the Raptors have generated some buzz. Um, and he specifically said, um, with LeBron James out of the Eastern Conference, perhaps Raptors president of basketball operations, Masai Ujiri, is willing to swing for the fences and move DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry in such a deal. Keyword being perhaps. And then you had Brian Windhorst um, on Wednesday saying, uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN, obviously, uh, he went on the record and said, uh, that the Raptors are believed by many executives around the league to, and I quote, be fertile to make a big trade. Uh, he pointed out the young assets, LeBron being out of the East, and so the Raptors thinking it's wide open. He touched on Philly and Boston not being willing to give up their best young assets, uh, which changes the market, right? Like, the Spurs can ask for whatever they want, but if there's no one else that's even close to uh, meeting it, then there's got to be some type of adjustment. So, you know, if Jalen Brown, Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, if they're not on the table, then the Raptors can enter the conversation. So, again, a lot of ifs, like those guys have to be completely out of the conversation um, for the Raptors to actually step in and make a play. So, um, the other thing that I thought was really important uh, that he said was that the Spurs aren't committed to trading Kawhi yet, uh, that they may still be more than happy to just ride this thing out and try to salvage the situation, which obviously they have every right to do since he'll be under contract for another season. Um, you know, you, you think about Tony Parker's comments, uh, the report about Tony uh, Parker's comments being the last straw for Kawhi, uh, Tony Parker's not there anymore. Uh, they're not paying Kyle Anderson either, who would have presumably been next in line to fill in for Kawhi's absence, assuming they don't get a small forward in return. Uh, so he's gone to Memphis. So, you know, maybe in some ways they are already all in on trying to m make the most of the situation and trying to keep uh, Kawhi in San Antonio. Um, this is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Outside of that, uh, this stuff is just my own personal opinion. So, you know, to me, Kawhi's whole deal has been about going to L.A., uh, going to the L.A. market, 
maximizing his brand, his revenue potential. Um, so why is Toronto an option? Um, the easy counter to that would be that, you know, the Spurs, the, rep- the relationship's damaged enough where they don't care about what Kawhi wants at this point, and they just, they just want to get maximum return. Um, and if you're Kawhi, who cares? You can leave in a year anyway. But if... If, if on that level, like if Masai is just going to swing for the fences for a one-year deal where, you know, you look at the Warriors barring multiple injuries, they're a lock to win the title anyway. Um, and then even if you get Kawhi, there's no guarantee that you're beating Philly or Boston or, you know, you, you know maybe Milwaukee moves up the ranks. So there's still a lot to accomplish there. So... Um, it's it's a big swing if if Masai does go for it, um, and then on top of that, you know, as critical as you can be about the Spurs for this entire fiasco in the first place, that front office is still one of the best in the league, in my opinion. If they want to maximize their return for Kawhi, they need to at least put out the image that there are as many buyers in play as possible, and if. Toronto can be one of those teams, then by all means, they're more than happy to have um, more players in the market to sort of, you know, maybe beef up uh, the trade potential. Uh, Last little point I want to make is how much of an impact speculation can have on these betting odds. Um, You think about LeBron, uh, the way the odds shifted towards him joining the Lakers uh, just by him landing in L.A., and then all of a sudden he took a meeting with the Sixers and even though he didn't attend the meeting and the fact that it was the meeting was in LA, the odds actually shifted to, towards Philly briefly. Um, so that's how quickly and easily uh, these things can change. So just be mindful of those things as we move forward. Obviously, it's super exciting news. Um, and so, you know, now that I've tried to sober this down as much as uh, possible... Uh, let's look at the other side of the fence. Um, yeah, the Raptors have a chance, uh, based on everything that's being said, to uh, acquire someone who would presumably be the best player in franchise history. Uh, even if it is for one season, uh, you're looking at a guy who can dictate terms on both ends of the floor. He's a great three-point shooter, has developed a pretty great one-on-one game, uh, and the thing that puts all of those things together is the fact that he plays the most important position in today's league. If you're going to compete uh, or hope to hang in a game of consequence against the likes of the LeBron James of the league, the Kevin Durant, uh, you need a Kawhi Leonard. Uh, this would unequivocally be the biggest move in franchise history. Obviously, there'd be some key members of the team who would have to be sacrificed. Um I'd rather not get into that just because of how much of this is based on speculation right now. Uh, it's a really fun dream to dream, um, especially if the Raptors don't have to give up too, too much, is, you know, especially if everything that's being said about you know other teams not being able to give up much, and which is allowing the Raptors to be in play. Um, it would be crazy. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, to the Raptors the same offseason that John Tavares goes to the Leafs and um, yeah, it will be a crazy, crazy time in this city. So if it can happen, um, that would be amazing. Uh, obviously, 
I think every one of us will be paying a lot of attention to uh, Woj and Shams on the tweets uh, the next few days, and, and we'll see where the, where the odds go from there as well. Um, the fact that the Raptors' front office is so quiet as well, um, that probably leads to more anxiety and more speculation that this thing might be real. Um, but all we can do right now is speculate because there isn't much beyond that. Um, it's Thursday afternoon as of this recording. I will most likely be back on Monday. I know the Raptors play Saturday night, uh, but I work till midnight and probably won't record a pot after that. And then Sunday, you've got the Wimbledon final, the World Cup final Sunday. Uh, and yeah, I work again after that. So Monday is probably the next time I'll chime in. Um, World Cup final, I'm just going to make a quick, uh, just quick on that. I think I think I'd like to see Croatia win, just because it's always cool to see a first-time winner. Um, but I, I'd probably have to say my money's on France. They've looked uh, so good all tournament, and now you look at Croatia. They played 360 minutes uh, in the knockout stages. You'd think at some point that's going to take its toll. Um, but yeah, uh, till Monday, thanks for listening in. Don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. Uh, yeah, till then, take care. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.